Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast for October 13th. How's everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 2-1 Sports. We have an absolutely phenomenal show lined up for you today. A little different though. A little different. I have to be honest with you guys. Old Uncle Rico's birthday was on Wednesday. Wednesday is usually the day I record with Jimbo. So no Jimbo today. I know it sucks. No Jimmy today on the podcast. No CFL bots. He hosts Spring Fever. I was absent from Spring Fever. He goes over the whole CFL slate, so make sure to check that out there. Also, no Nick today. Nick's going to be gone for the next couple weeks. Has a personal thing going on. He will be back as soon as he can. So I am doing the fantasy football segment by myself. But we will have Brandon talking some NASCAR. We'll have me looking back at the Thursday night game. And we'll have David coming on and sharing his best bets for this NFL Sunday. Really looking forward to that. But before we jump into that, as always, I need to say go to Thrive Fantasy. Download the Thrive app. Use promo code ETOFT21 for 100% deposit match. Also, Bryce from I Need a Sports Podcast is this week's special guest on the ETOF21 Sports show make sure to check that out so without further ado let's jump right into it and let's talk about this thursday night football game obviously we know we hit our thrive bet those who don't know every single day there's an nfl game put out my thrive we hit javante williams rushing over isaiah pacheco over his receiving yard prop unfortunately we did not hit the plus 10 and a half and i'm gonna warn everybody i'm down in the nfl year um you know, along with a lot of sharp guys. This has been the year so far of the public, public betters. This is the best start to the NFL season the public has ever had going back to 2000. So just be careful. Um, I'm never one to take chalk. I'm never one to lay points, especially points with these big spreads. Um, And what is public versus sharp? You look at it, you see the percentage of bets versus the percentage of money. If there's a a team that has a lot of bets coming in on it, it's a public it's a public bet. And that's what the Chiefs were last night. So I would just be really careful. Those bets seem to be hitting. A lot of the sharps are struggling a little bit, but I'll bounce back. I always will. In terms of a football game, first takeaway is Nagy sucks. The Chiefs are getting way too fancy. There's a time they try to go for it. Why the hell? If you're going to go for it, that's fine. I really don't care if you're going to go for it when you're deep in the red zone. But why are you going to run Noah Gray? I'd rather have the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. It really stood out how the Chiefs were able to get the ball consistently in the red zone to start the game against the Broncos. And then they just weren't able to punch it in. It was like as soon as the, the field shrunk, they just really struggled. Um, Mahomes, 30 for 40. Uh, 306 looked great, but it was a quiet 306. Really didn't jump off the page when you looked at the at the stats and then the game. You're like, oh shit, you had 300. Uh, you know, did it in the thrive, guys. Broncos can't defend the running backs, especially in the passing game. This is something we need to look to be taking advantage of. Attacking the Broncos defending pass catchers, absolutely love. Pacheco, so make sure to take a mental note of that. Rashid Rice. Rashid Rice is leading the Chiefs in red zone targets. 
if he is on your fantasy football waiver wire and he has not been added yet, he is a must add. Had four for 72. Kelsey, nine for 24. But Kelsey's banged up. Kelsey just doesn't look right to me. And this whole offense doesn't look right. I talked about it last Tuesday on the ETOF 2-1 Sports Show. Ever since Biennemi left, Mahomes, lower per completion percentage. TD to INT ratio is basically 2-1. to one which isn't good. Five and a half to one last year. Um, scoring less points. They've only scored over 24 points one time. They just don't look right. Flip side defense has been lights out. Obviously, Frank Clark has left the Broncos. Maybe the Chiefs look to add him back because he fits so well with Chris Jones. But the Chiefs defense has been what's been standing out to me. Very money, very great, but you can run on him. And that really stood out to me as Russ was struggling. Russ was 13 for 22, 95 yards, one TD, two INTs. Javante Williams, Javante Williams at halftime was averaging eight fucking yards a carry. Comes out, has one touch, first first possession. What the fuck are you doing? And you guys may not know this, but I've always never really been a Sean Payton guy. I felt that that organization in New Orleans, the Saints, was built to win a championship. They had the best roster for like a three-year window in the NFL. And with Sean Payne at the helm, they could not even make a goddamn Super Bowl during that time frame. And a lot of the stuff is because Sean Payne got too goddamn cute. Oh, let's run Taysom Hill. I'm starting to think that if it wasn't for Drew Brees, they we wouldn't even have a championship. He would not even have a championship. He wouldn't even have gone that far because Sean Payton, you have Javante Williams who's just boat racing everybody. And you give him one goddamn carry to start because you need to run Jolene McLaughlin. What the fuck are you fucking doing? And when you're running with ES, just turn around and give the ball. Chiefs could not stop the run. They had no answer for the running game. But yet you're having Russ drop back. Why? Why? Just too goddamn cute. Obviously, look, I'll be admit, I was high on this Broncos team. I thought they were going to come in, made some improvements on the defense, made some improvements on the um, O-line. Javante Williams healthy, uh, but they suck. This has been by far my worst call. Sean Payne has been the furthest thing from an organized coach, and I should have listened to myself and remembered what I thought about when he was at New Orleans. So this is totally my fault. Going to be interesting to see where these pieces go. A lot of rumors about Sertain being traded, Javante Williams being traded, Judy being traded. A lot of a lot of rumors about some of their stud players being traded. I would love for Patrick Sertain, Sertain to get traded to my Lions. I would I would do a fucking backflip if he got traded to the Lions. But this team is going nowhere fast. Obviously, I think they can get out of Russ's contract sooner rather than later. It won't be as big as everyone realized. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Go for the Broncos. Should have covered. But uh, Joe Public won again. Congrats if you had the Chiefs minus the points. In terms of moving forward, Chiefs aren't winning it this year. Offense is too pedestrian. Mahomes doesn't look right. Broncos selling point. Those are my thoughts on the Thursday night game. Now let's shift our attention over. This is going to be a little weird. It's going to be a little weird not doing the DFS segment without my boy Nick. Now, those listening for the first time, basically, this is what we do. Oh, it's no we. It's just me. (laughs) There's no we. It's just me. 
build you a lineup. Now, obviously, I was going to make a list, have a little dialogue back and forth with myself, talk this out, but I said to myself, why the hell would you guys want to listen to that? Why the hell would you guys want to listen to me talk to myself who the f- who I want to play in DFS? So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go. I'm just going to tell you guys who I'm playing. We have some DF, sorry, season-long questions set in that I've answered. As always, if you have any season-long questions in terms of fantasy football, give them, send them to me via... Twitter, X, Instagram, whatever the hell, whatever the heck, you know, just send it to me. I'll make sure I answer them. First one, you know, we're looking across the board. Obviously, there's some high price options. The two guys that came down to me were Joe Burrow or Matt Stafford. And at the end of the day, I just went with Matt Stafford because the cards give up the fourth most points to opposing quarterbacks. Also, you look at the production that Puka and Cup are going to have in these great matchups. So instead of me for these cash gamers assignments, sitting back and trying to guess who he's going to target, if I just play Stafford, I'm going to get the production that both these guys will ha- are having. So that's my mindset right there. I'm just going to play Matt Stafford, get the production of both of them. The cards give up the fourth most receptions and yards to out side wide receivers. So it's kind of guessing, like I said, Puka or Cup, who do I want? I'll just take Stafford. Great matchup. He's going to be able to move the ball, do for some positive touchdown regression. He's constantly going over 300 yards. I think he's going to be able to get to that 200 200 point mark. Obviously, look, you have Joe Burrow. The reason I'm not going with Joe Burrow is this. He just had a great game. He's insanely underpriced. What is he? 61, 62, 6300 on DraftKings. But that's just way too much of me chasing if I go after him. Obviously, Jamar Chase is interesting, but again, Chase is coming off a big game. So I don't really like using people coming off big games. I would rather play people when they're at their low. And last week was the time you should have played those Bengals guys because they were at their low. So in terms of this, I'm going with Matt Stafford. He's going to be the first one that I plug in. And he is only 6100 at Absolutely love that. That is a great price for a quarterback. Next one, we're going to go to the running back position. And look, sometimes maybe it's just better not to outsmart the room. Could I go with CMC? Yeah, I could go with CMC, but he's playing against the Browns. Browns have the best defensive line. Tampa and Montgomery. Look, obviously Montgomery has been phenomenal, but Tampa Bay is pretty good against the run. You know, you got Bijan against Washington. Tempting. Etienne against the Colts. Colts good up front. Jacobs, who has struggled this year. I could go through. I can name a bunch of these. But the guy I want is I want Raheem Mosert at 6,400. The way I want Mosert is this. The Panthers give up the second most DK points per game to opposing RBs. And even with... A-chain playing, Mozart played the most snaps and had the most routes run. He has had 10 for 65 and one TD, three of the last four. Now everyone's going to be like, well, why don't you go to Jeff Wilson? Jeff Wilson hasn't played for five weeks. Jeff Wilson has not played for five weeks. Then they have the rookie from BYU. Now, obviously, that guy's interesting. That guy's a low-budget guy. If I had to predict who I thought would get, could possibly play more, it would be him instead of Wilson. Just because why would I rush Wilson back with a big game against 
the Eagles in prime time next week. But I have Raheem Mostert, who has been here before, who is putting up good numbers and out-snapping Achin as is, outplaying him, playing more snaps, running around more routes. Now I play the Panthers, who suck against the run. It's not long division. Let's not outthink the room. Let's go with Raheem Mozart as our running back. Raheem is 6,400. Now, wide receiver position. Look, again, we got Tyreek, but there could be some weather. Cup, we already have a quarterback in Matt Stafford. We got Jamar Chase. I don't play up after people play a good game. Adams banged up. Puka, we talked about before. And A.J. Brown possibly matched up with Sauce. St. Brown coming back from an injury. We got Waddle, but we already have Mozart, so that doesn't make sense. I could go through and make an excuse for all these wide receivers, but to me, it's pretty cut and dry the wide receiver we want. And it's the same wide receiver we attacked last week in the player props when he went up against this team. We want Calvin Ridley. Ridley, in week one against the Colts, eight receptions, 101 yards, one TD, 11 targets. This is a great matchup because the Colts are very bad against the pass. This is their weakness. And now Flowers, who is their best graded DB, is out. And you have Brents or Jones back there. Hopkins last week had seven for 122. And he hadn't done shit all year. And he went up there and light this up. I think this is an absolutely phenomenal banger of a matchup for Calvin Ridley. So we're going to put Calvin Ridley in at 6,700. So we got the three players are Matt Stafford, Raheem Mozart, and Calvin Ridley. Each of those, 6,100 for Stafford, 6,400 for Mozart, and 6,700 for Ridley. Guys, don't worry. Nick will be here next week to give his, no, in a couple weeks to give his thoughts. We do have some start sick questions. Chuba Hubbard or Dalvin Cook, two straight weeks. Hubbard has outsnapped Sanders with more production with more production from Hall and Hall looking to play more snaps. I think I would go Chuba here. Zach Moss or Tyler Algier. Algier is still a factor in the red zone. Taylor will be a bigger factor this week. I will go Tyler Algier. Uh, Osborne from the Vikings or Chris Godwin. Branch is hurt. If he can't go, that means Harris, who's awful in the slot, will be guarding Godwin. Not sure what the Vikings will look like with no JJ. I expect it to be a little bit more run heavy, maybe have more Madison out of the backfield in the passing game. So I would take Chris Godwin here. Nico Collins or Joshua Palmer. Collins has had a whale of the season, but the Cowboys are without digs which means all the other DBs are going to go up, and Palmer's going to be the guy with the best matchup. Obviously, um, you look at his numbers with no Mike Williams. They're off the chart, so I would go Joshua Palmer. Next one, Tyler Boyd or Tutu Atwell. With or without Higgins, it's Boyd for me. Tutu, basically the third guy. Limited production with both Cup and Puka out there. Boyd's still going to be a factor. Even if Higgins plays, he's just coming back from a rib injury. I still think he'll be a factor. So there you have it, guys. That's the fantasy football segment. As always, make sure to send in your questions with start sits, and I will do my best to answer them. Nick will be back in a couple weeks in terms of DFS. Like I said, Stafford. 
Calvin Ridley, and Raheem Mozart. Now, let's shift our attention over to some sports betting, which everyone loves. And we're going to talk some NFL with David, a.k.a. Better, DP21. We've reached the part of the podcast where we're talking some NFL betting. And who better to come on than David, a.k.a. Better, DP21. David, how are you doing today, my man? Doing a lot better than last night. <laughs> so I'll start there. You know, like, you know, rest in peace to my Braves and every other top seed in MLB that has a, uh, you know, a top seed or the best record in baseball to go combined one in 13 over the playoffs for themselves and, you know, be out against all these wild card play in teams that are just streaking. I mean, you're, you're facing hot hitting teams and dialed in. Um, you know, I was just on a rant with you just before this, but like it's uh, it, it was disheartening to see that kind of product going on the field, I guess, for MLB, because I don't think the fans are getting as much of what they should be getting with top quality teams advancing further into the playoffs like they probably should be at this point. And yeah, so my Braves are out. I'm a little, you know, I'm a little taken back on that one, but it is what it is. You got to show up still. So let me ask you a question. Yep. Would you rather be a Braves fan? Okay. I mean, Have I'm not a Mets heart, fan. <laughs> just, just ripped out. Or would you rather be me and be a Detroit Tiger fan and knowing we have to play Javier Baez for four more seasons? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what like I said, be? I mean – so here's the thing. We've won the division six years in a row. We've won one World Series in that time, and we we can't get out of the NLDS now, like the way that the system and the playoffs are working these days. I mean, it's a funky system in my opinion. And as I mentioned to you coming into this, right, they have a longer break with a buy in pocket than they do at the All-Star break, which is a crazy amount of rest time when you're talking baseball. Dude, it's insane. And like baseball is such a rhythm type sport. It happened to my ti- my my Tigers a couple years ago. And that team was loaded. I mean, their pitching rotation was Verlander, um, Mad Max, Rick Purcello, Doug Fister. I mean, that oh yeah, like loaded, just a loaded team. And they swept the Yankees and then they just had cool bats because the giants and the um cardinals went seven it's just yep. it's just one of those things where it's just at the end of the day it's all about money we all know yep. that and mlb yep. is trying to make as much money as they can but what is happening is these teams just lose it i liked it better when the wild card was two teams one game yep 100 two teams one day boom that's what i like but now, like, they're just – They're extending three games, four games. Yeah, I and I get it. They're trying to bring in these – I guess you want to call it mid-market teams at, at, that are playing in, but I just think there's too many teams. Like, I mean, you're talking six wild card teams or something like that. Like, it's, in, it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, yeah I just – I think that – I think it's just putting out a bad, a, a bad product for the playoffs and what people are seeing all season where everybody looked at the – Braves as a well-rounded offensive juggernaut coming into the playoffs, but 
you know, we haven't played competitive ball in three to four weeks. We've had the division locked up since the beginning of September. Like and, they and the and the actual buy and home field advantage from like a week into September. Everybody was resting. Nobody was playing. And I think nothing meant anything. Is, the big thing is is the um pressure. Like yeah. I go up there and this isn't a game we need, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But then I go up there. And this is an important game. There's more perceived pressure, putting a little bit of pressure on me to kind of produce. Um, yep. Look, we can talk about that. You and I could probably go out this for two hours. <laughs> We're here to talk some NFL. Those Sorry, tuning in everybody. for the first time. <laughs> this is how it works. David gives a first half bet. I give a player prop full game from David, full game from me. David, you can kick off first, my friend. All right. Thank you for that. And, uh, Thank you, anybody new listening. Yeah, like like I said, we can go down rabbit holes, but you know, I'm obviously still wearing my heart on my sleeve a little bit. <laughs> so that being said, I'm going to jump into my first half bet. I'm looking at the Minnesota Vikings versus Chicago Bears. I love the Bears at home as a dog. I'm taking the first half. Um, I want to go money line on this. They're only getting three points right now um, for the first half. And I have this more as a pick 'em. So in my opinion, that means like, you know, the dog is favored. If you want to take the points, I totally understand. You know, my whole reasoning for this, though, is that my model is projecting them actually, you know, more at a, at a minus five. So, you know, I really like where this is going in terms of, you know, you could take the points, you can have an edge there, take the money line, go straight up for the win. You know, at, at worst, um, with the money line, obviously is a loss, but you know, if they just don't win the half. But my point is, if they even tie that half, it's a push. So, you know, I like going for the extra money there where I can, you know, from a numbers perspective. Uh, I know the Bears, you know, backfield is a lot depleted, you know, but Minnesota on the other side, too, is uh, is looking a little rough with, you know, the receivers. Obviously, they got a few people they're going to be pulling up in reserve with Jefferson being out. And the Bears have a few people that they're going to look to, like, Deontay Foreman and obviously Fields, but I really like where Fields is connecting right now. Um, first of all, the Bears still have a top 10 rushing offense. So that is something that actually sticks out to me the majority over this entire game. If there's one good stat is that their rushing offense is right there. Defensively, these teams definitely line up more to the mid to lower uh, end of the you know field when it comes to their rankings on defense. So rushing defense, Minnesota's 14, Bears are 20. Passing defense, um, you know, you're looking at 21 ranking and, and 31 ranking. So, you know, respect, respectively, each of these teams, you know, have a mid defense, in my opinion, or really just, you know, bottom third of the uh, pecking order in terms of defense. But again, I think where Chicago is shining lately is, you know, the DJ Moore to Fields connection. I like, you know, Fields to be rushing a little bit more. I like them to lean on the run here against the Vikings who definitely are, you know, reeling themselves in terms of, you know, weapons on that side. So I want to take the dog money at home uh, going that direction. So plus 125 for the Bears first half. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, you don't know how this offense is going to look with no Justin Jefferson. What's the mental state going to be of the Vikings? Because there's all these rumors. Cousins is going to get traded. You have Je Justin Jefferson saying, hey, you know what? Why am I going to rush back if we're going to be tanking for a draft pick? So we really don't know what 
the mental state of this team is. It seems like the Bears have figured some stuff out. Bears coming on extended rest. Obviously, Vikings back four. I think I don't think the Vikings back four is, is that good. They really struggle, especially defending like the number two wide receiver. So maybe a Mooney type week. And that even though Foreman's the third string running back, this guy's an accomplished player in the league. And before that Achilles injury, he was going to be the next guy. Um, so I like this a lot. I like the Bears a lot in that spot. Um my player prop is actually in that game, but it's on the other side of the ball. I'm going Alexander Madison over 14 and a half yards receiving. Bears give up the most yards per game to opposing running backs in the passing game, 66.2 yards per game. And there's an 84% catch rate. If we look at running backs they've played against, against the Commanders last week, Gibson, 64 yards. Robinson, 33, week before against the Broncos. Javante Williams had one catch for nine yards, and then he got hurt with the hip. But P. Ryan had 23, McLaughlin, 32. Week before that, McKinnon, 19, Pacheco, 16. Week before that, White from the from the Buccaneers, 30. Week one, Aaron Jones, 86, and A.J. Dillon, 17. So running backs ones and twos are both going over this Prop Madison, ever since Akers has come here, has outsnapped him and ran more passing routes than him. He's averaging four targets a game. Justin Jefferson is out. Jefferson averages 10.6 targets a game. Those targets are going to be dispersed amongst Osborne, Hutchinson, Addison, Madison, and crew. So you can expect about two more targets. So he's going to be getting six targets this game. That's one screen pass. So I'm going to take Madison over 14 and a half yards receiving. Yeah, I really like that. Um, you know, I really even like uh, for the full game here, the over, um, you know, the 43 and a half. I really like where that's at right now. I'm projecting higher as 51, but also you're talking about a pass defense that's number 31 out of 32 teams. So, you know, again, I think you, you're in the right spot on that. I mean, defense is definitely going to be optional. In yeah, Chicago. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, side, where are you going, my friend? All right, so for the full game, we're looking at the Colts and Jaguars. Um, I'm taking the Jaguars minus four. Reason for this is a few things. One, my model is showing an average of minus nine that the Jags should win this game by. Um, so for one, we're getting you know a really good edge here. Again, I always look where I think we have the best margin of victory. This is one of those plays on my model for this week. Uh, additionally, when I'm actually looking at the uh, <clears throat> the the spread money on this, uh, there's 63% of the tickets are on Indianapolis right now. So, you know, that's your public team. Uh, we're staying away from the public team with the home team with Jacksonville and the minus four. Also, as I just kind of look across the board quickly on the DeBoer rankings, um, Jacksonville in three out of their four categories is a top 10 overall team right now. They are clicking... They've got it working right now uh, with their quarterback and just everybody, ETN, um, you know, and where I really like especially is just the overall defense for Jacksonville is obviously playing really well. Their rushing defense is top five. Their passing defense is top 13 uh, in the league, respect respectively. Um, the Colts on the opposite side of the ball, defensive-wise, are mid in both categories. They are 17 and 20 rushing to passing defense on their side of the ball. So, 
you know, personally, in my opinion, I love the Jacksonville uh, defense at home uh, to really take this home and actually come out with the victory here. Again, their offensive uh, numbers are also uh, just as great. I mean, they're sitting at number 11 in the passing offense and number 17 in rushing. So I really like how this uh, Jacksonville team shapes up coming in this weekend. They've won two on the road, obviously overseas, just crushed my bills, um, you know, as one of my plays last weekend. But, you know, at the same point, um, you know, just looking at the numbers straight up, I really like where where this is going with Trevor and, and their overall team and offense and defense. So taking the points minus four at home for Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, one guy I think who has a great matchup is Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley. Uh, yes. week, week one, he had eight for 101 and a touchdown, 11 targets. Flowers was matched up against him. Flowers, the DB, is graded out pretty good for PFF. He's actually out. That means that Brents or Jones is going to be matched up against Ridley. Those two allowed seven receptions and 122 yards to D-hop the week before. So I absolutely, yeah, I could I could see this going that way for you um my next one and it pains me to say this one pains me dude i know where you gotta go i'm fading my boys dude you know i'm taking the bucks here plus the three and a half uh golf outdoors as a favorite is 40 percent ats in his career golf struggles outside completion percentage down td to int ratio worse also a big injury are happening in Detroit, and I really don't think they faced a team that has taken advantage of it. CJ Gardner Johnson out for the year a couple yep. of weeks ago. Mosley played one game, tore his ACL again, out for the year. Now Brian Branch got hurt, and it was just announced that he isn't going to play. That means that Will Harris is going to be matched up in the slot with Chris Godwin, who runs 40% of his routes outside the slot. Godwin's going to eat alive. Now, obviously, the Lions could roll more coverage to him if Mike Evans doesn't play, but I think Evans coming off just that. Yeah. is going to, to be out. Um, flip side, Laporta, hurt. Gibbs, hurt. Brown, hurt. A lot of the playmakers for the Lions are injured. And if you turn around to try to lean on that run game with David Montgomery, Bucks are pretty good against the run. And when you look at the big picture, like I rewatched that game when I was on the treadmill hating life, um, the Bucks against the Eagles. Bucks played that first half pretty close. There's just that Mike Evans dropped a touchdown. He had like two other big yep. drops. I think this Bucks passing game is better than people realize. And I was reading this article on Baker, and I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield guy, full disclosure. But he said how the best thing that happened for his career was to go to Los Angeles because McVay was just like, look, you suck because this, 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 and this. You do this awful, and this is why you are in this position. And Baker said it kind of opened him up because no one has ever coached him like that before, and it made him work on that stuff. And we kind of see it. He's not forcing any tight raids. The first read isn't there. He's throwing the ball away, looking to run. He's not making those silly throws that he did before. Um, I think, I think the Bucks are live here, dude. You know, I'll, I'll play the three and a half, and this, 
this gets up to plus 150 or higher, I'll probably sprinkle on the money line. Because they're, they're yeah. I think we're reaching that point with Detroit. Like this is going to the top of the market. And we're going to start, start to see these lines be a little bit more inflated. I agree. Um, you know, I've actually got this as a as a pick'em um, on my model. Um, so yeah, I I really kind of love Tampa Bay with the points right now at three. I agree with you. Uh, lines are tight, right? I think lines are getting a lot tighter. I think uh, books are adjusting after the public has come out very hot against the books over recent weeks. Um, I think this is a week where if you don't have, you know some kind of data to support your numbers. Uh, be careful out there. Um, I'm dead serious. I think, I think it's going to be a weekend that public gets crushed. And so I'm, I'm trying to and stay we, away from certain teams like San Francisco minus nine, or, you know, uh, they're 85% of the money, you know, Miami minus vent. 14. Like I'm, I'm going to vent on that one. Okay. Fuck you, Deshaun Watson. Fuck you. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck you. Okay. You may not know this about me. So when I first started gambling, the dude that taught me a lot, this is what he said. He goes, you need to know people and you need to know people in the building. So when I first started doing this many moons ago and him and I do this now, like every three years, we're going to have to do it. We're supposed to do it this year is we go down to Indianapolis and there's a steakhouse I'm, I'm 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 passing I'm spacing on the name. We go to the steakhouse by the um by where the combine is. Okay. And we post up at the bar and we buy drinks to people and we get people talking and we just get phone numbers. So I have phone numbers. Like I don't know if you remember I told you about in the Super Bowl. I said yep. like look, I ever since Rams got that OBJ They've been running their version of the Philly special. So yep. we need to like bet like an extra pass or whatever. Yep. Back in times of getting hurt, they ran the play with Cooper Cup, I think. Yep. But the intel was right. I have one dude I met who works for the Browns. And this dude told me Watson has passed every test he's going to play. So I saw that one on Tuesday when it was up at six. So I, I, I'm sitting on the Browns plus six. And now it's dead because it's PJ Walker. Yep. So, but... What he told me was Watson has passed every test and could play, but he doesn't feel ready. Wow. So fuck you, Deshaun. So fuck you, Deshaun. Fuck Watson. you, Deshaun. <laughs> fuck you, Deshaun Watson. Um, <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, a lot of the public, uh, I, I kind of like the pan. Like, let's talk about that Panthers game. You mentioned the Panthers plus yep. the Dolphins. Yep. And let's talk about the Eagles plus the Giants for a little bit. Because, yep. like, you know, this is something I like to do in college a lot. Like Eagles get the Jets, but, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the Eagles, again. I like to yeah. be, like, kind of look at those quote-unquote, we'll call them spot plays, fade plays. Yep. Yep. Last week, I bet Georgia Tech plus 20 and a half. Right. But I was crazy. But we saw funky stuff happens in games like this, and I kind of think, I think the Panthers should be able to cover the 14. Um, too. You know, your bills, and I don't mean to knock your team. There's been 11 times that a team played in London and came back and didn't take the bye. And all 11 games, 
the team that played in London the week before was down in the fourth quarter. Yep. So, you know, when you have 15 points, that's a lot of points to cover. So I, you know, I think, I think this could be the week, you know, I, I locked in the giants at plus 14 because I, you know, I thought Jones was going to play another awful number by me, but I, you know, I've been been waiting for the Panthers to get the 14. I'm definitely going to be on the Panthers to get the 14 just because I think that's, I think that's lines a little inflated. I, I think, think they're already there on some books, actually. Yeah, I just um, I just looked on BetStamp right now because it's been at 13 and a half all week. I've and got pretty much 14 across the board on, on most of my books that I'm looking at. But yeah. Looking, yeah, Bookmaker, MGM, Caesar. Yeah, it's, so but, it's pretty but much... To your, but to your point, right? So when you're talking about the... Um, Carolina Miami game, right? I mean, my model's got this as a push for my model. And what a push means is that my my model output is exactly the same as the Vegas line. So I've already got the same line at 14. Knowing it's at 14, in my opinion, that that advantage is to the dog. That's the Carolina. Um, you know, and they haven't been playing terrible football. Like the stats are there. They're not winning the game, but like they're close. And well, last week ahead. against Detroit, you start five offensive linemen. They started four guards. Right. So they had people playing out of position. Yep. And if you're so hypothetically, you know, you're you're Mike McDaniel. You're beat up in the running back room. You know, because Achins hurt, Wilson just coming back. Are you I, really going to funky running back situation? Are you really going to roll out Raheem Mostert and let him grind? Or are you going to let the kid from BYU get some run? The rookie Jones. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you going to save Tyree Kill? We already saw the Eagles. Eagles aren't are doing it this week. Eagles are sitting out Slay and Carter yep. against the Jets. So, yep. I don't know. I think this is kind of the spot. I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty careful with Survivor. This weekend, sure. you know, with that being said, um, you know, I got lucky last week, you know, shout out to my boy down in Atlanta for making that field goal, that kicker. What's it? What's Coo. the kicker's name? Coo. Coo. Way Coo. Shout out to um, so in my survivor, like in, in survivor this week, you, who am I going with? I, I took the Rams. Okay. You know, against the Cardinals. Um, yeah, I think that's a good I, one. Because what I what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to save those teams like the Bills, the Dolphins. I'm trying to save those guys to the end of the season. Yep, that makes sense. You know, so you know, hopefully, hopefully yeah. I can get, get through it. You know what I mean? Like everyone's dwindling down, so hopefully, hopefully I can. You know what's an eye opener to me is uh, so to your point of public money right now. I'm I'm just going to kind of run through some teams just for everybody's awareness, right? Teams that have 80% or more of the public money on their spread line are San Francisco, Miami. San Francisco has 85%. Miami, 98% of the tickets. Cincinnati, 84% of the tickets. New England, 77% of the tickets at Las Vegas. Uh, Philadelphia, 69% of the tickets. Um, Buffalo, 64%. So... Those are definitely games I would be watchful of, be mindful of going into. Um, Vegas is 
you know, they're going to come for that public money one way or the other. Um, it's, it's a tough spot to bet on that side of the ball. In my opinion, I know I, to me, what I call that is an overreaction by the public. When you see a player that goes out and you're getting this line and to your point, you're like, you know, I'm getting terrible numbers right now because the line's moving because of these injuries where people are sitting now. But to me, it's an overreaction. And I think you should still be, it's an advantage advantageous line if you still get a better number than eric did but (laughs) outside of that be very careful playing those favorites in those matchups because there's too much public money on those teams um to want to bet them and vegas is in for a reason you know what i mean there is a reason why vegas is in things like stuff happens these historical numbers don't always go like i'm like I, I was on the Broncos last night just because of Mahomes, anything over seven, he like 40% of the time. Sure. Uh, these do- divisional dogs, double digits, seven points or hair, 60% hit rate. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, okay, this didn't hit. Okay. You know what I mean? It's the ship's going to be righted sooner or later. Oh, yeah. I told you this in a tw- the 20 year span I've looked at, this is the best start. Four people getting over 55% of them. the money makes me feel less sharp though, because when three and a half did pop, I did take that with the Patriots though. So it makes me, you hear it, me read it, you reading that the Patriots are one of those public teams has me a little bit worried. But, uh, <laughs> David, yeah, I'd like man. to thank you for coming on. Um, you know, David's here every single week. So hopefully we can uh, get some winners for you guys. Make sure to give him a follow at, Better DP21. Best of luck and your best at it in this weekend, my friend. Thank you. You too, my man. Make sure to give my boy David a follow at Better DP21. Now let's shift our attention over to some NASCAR. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're talking some NASCAR and who better to come on than the man that's hit not one, not two, but three in a row. My boy Brandon. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Doing good, man. Feeling a little under the weather still, but ready to hand out some winners and make this weekend fun. Hey, you know what? Anytime you win a bet is a good time. Thanks for coming on. I know you're not a hundred percent. We have hit three in a row, seeing the board. Good. Looking to finish strong. I have four bets. Brandon has four bets. I will let Brandon kick off. Brandon, where are you going first? My man. I'm starting with the man that's from Las Vegas. I'm going with Kyle Busch. He's been running really well. He didn't, the oval or oval, the roll did not work like he wanted it to, but he ran up front for a while. He's been consistent at Las Vegas. Any driver that's going home that is as successful as he's been, I like grabbing them. You see him at 12 to 1. That's a huge odd for a man that's been driving pretty, pretty consistent recently. So I'm all over the Kyle Bush number eight train this week. My first one going to Chris Bell, 10 to 1. Look, obviously needs a win to continue his push for a championship. Um, fifth year last March. And when looking at his stats, we need to remember they're a little bit skewed because he has a 38th place finish on this. And that happened a couple of years ago when he was involved in that Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson crash earlier in the race. It kind of ruined his day uh been running well needs a win i will take christopher bell at 10 to 1. i'm gonna go with another man at the very bottom of the bubble right now 10 points out 
Ryan Blaney. The man's got some momentum moving forward, got a win recently, seeing the track clearly better than almost anybody. I'm, uh, I'm going to ride that Team Penske number 12 at 14 to 1. I like it. Next one, I'm going Mark Truex, 8 to 1. Second best finish here. Second best average finish here at 7. Good pick. Top. He has top eight finishes in his last. Sorry, he has his in his last six races, all top eight finishes. In his last 12 races here, he only has one finish outside the top 10. Runs insanely well at this track. I'll take Truex at 8 to 1. I'm going to go down to another bubble driver, Chris Busher. I see him rebounding. He's underneath. He's at 20 to 1 odds right now. He's got to find a way to get into that final four. And I think it's going to have to be through a win or other people having a lot of trouble. So I could see him trying to grab a win early, lock himself in, and focus on that championship race at Phoenix. So Chris Busher, 20 to 1. I like that. That's gonna lead me to this. That that's gonna lead me to this one. But you're probably not gonna, not gonna like this. I'm taking Busher over Elliott. I know. Look, I know their average finishes are basically about the same. But to me, this is just more of an Elliott debate. Elliott's average finish here is 15.5, but he struggled. He only has two top tens in his last six races here, with three of those finishes in that six race sample size were 20 or worse he has six finishes in his career that are 20 or worse here without crashing he just doesn't run well here and this runs insanely similar to the kansas speedway he has a, he didn't run well at kansas so Correct. he's just historic just not running well on this track on this track type this year and historically hasn't run well at las vegas look I'm, I'm taking Busher over Elliott. Bro, nice, little one, nice little pick of one tenner. I, I'll let you grab that. I'll get to my final pick in a second. But after what you've had to say about multiple sports teams in New England and now my driver this week on these podcasts we've been doing, I wouldn't expect anything less. So the long shot, you guys know I like to do this every week. I love to throw one out there. The young kid, Ty Gibbs, 40 to 1. Great equipment, running really well consistent and just learning week after week after week becoming more competitive i like ty gibbs at 40 to 1 as our long shot going into las vegas i like it i like it um my last one going to my man there's and i'll tell you what i'm counting down the days because there's only so many more days i can bet on this guy i know where you're going give me the old man give me uncle kev top 10 plus 125 that's kevin harvick top 10 plus 125 seventh best average finish here four top tens last seven races his last four races here 9 12 12 9 just just right there on that top 10 cost line i'm getting at plus 125 i mean we know that he wants to get a victory on his last his last leg last legs here that sounds awful but his last couple of races here in the Cup Series. So I'll take Kevin Harvick at top 10 plus 125. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. Four. Quick quick little segment for this week's podcast. Uh, Brandon not bad, bad at 100%, but he's playing her like a true champion does. 
appreciate him yeah, coming on. I'll let him know I did bet his boys a plus three and a half this week against the Raiders. So hopefully they can get it done. Make sure to give my boy Brandon a follow at <coughs> boy83 every Wednesday. I tweet it out. I Instagram it out. He does the same thing. He has iRacing. Last, this week, he raced at Las Vegas. Next week, where are you at, my friend? Uh, next week, that's a good question. We, uh, we won a stage. There's only one stage in the race. We won the stage last night. Ended up third overall. So we got a P2, P3. And schedule next week, we are at Homestead, Miami. Okay, make sure to check that out. Give my boy a follow. I'll make sure I tweet that out. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. Until next week, my friend. Four in a row, baby. Make sure you give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. Apologize for the audio. I was doing that off-site. Didn't have my trusty microphone here. So a little funky on the audible audio. The last one, I apologize for that. like to thank this week's guest. Obviously, Jim will be back next week. Thank this week's guest, Brandon and David. Nick will be back in a couple weeks. Make sure to check out the ETOF 2-1 sports show this Tuesday. Really looking forward to that. Going to be a loaded episode. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.